Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Let's Break It Down. And today we are going to be breaking down media influences and how they change the way people are perceived. Yeah, hey guys. So today I think our first general question is going to be, how does the media affect the public and especially the youth? So Sam, do you want to get started on that discussion? Okay, so my personal thoughts is that because children are so impressionable and like the younger they are, like the more impressionable they are because they don't have as much societal, like they haven't been in society for that long. So they don't understand what's going on around them. So the media is so important to think, so they can make their own views and how they view people. And as soon as there's like biases and stigmatisms in media, that changes the way they grow up because they absorb that, like stigmas and like prejudices, which could like carry through them for the rest of their lives. You know, yeah, I definitely understand that point. And I think that while children are so impressionable, the media has to play a big role in like kind of shaping them. But I also think that the media is kind of integral to growing up, you know, like I feel like without me in my early years watching some kind of television, some cartoon, whatever, I really wouldn't know as many of the social cues that kind of exist around us. And I think for that, media is really important. Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like it's a double-edged sword, really, because on one hand, they learn more about the things around them. For example, I know a lot of TV shows, while they're directed at youth, they do carry some serious issues. For example, divorce and things like that, that they know, that these producers know other children have to deal with so they can feel more represented like that. However, it could have so many biases. For example, Jesse, and that's like a really common example of how every single character in that show was a, like some sort of racial stereotype, which can really hurt the way these people are perceived because like these children are seeing these like, for example, brown people be perceived these like nerds and like geeky. And they might think that all brown people are like that just because of the one example they saw in media. No, yeah, it's definitely like that. And um, we also know that uh, media affects like self-esteem and like mental health. So according to an article done on the subject, researchers have found that prolonged television exposure predicts a decrease in self-esteem for our girls and boys, but an increase in self-esteem for white boys specifically. So do you want to kind of explain what that really means? Yeah, basically. So the media doesn't always perceive girls in a very positive way. As you, we have seen with many shows, they perceive gr- girls as like these little frivolous, like not knowing much idiots and they also only show women who are very eurocentric and be- and conform to the american beauty standard which is incredibly de- detrimental for a lot of girls especially like p- uh, women of color because they're so young and they don't see themselves represented they don't see themselves as beautiful and as for like african-american men and like boys it, when they're perceived in media they're seen as like violent and um they aren't perceived as they can be smart or kind or caring they're, they're expected to fit into one box which can be incredibly detrimental if you don't fit that box. Especially if that box is like in negative connotation, it just kind of creates this like whole stereotype for an entire racial group, which is just um, horrendous. Also that article, that article went on to say that the differences correlate with the racial and gender practices in Hollywood, where essentially, just as you were saying, um, white men are cast as like heroes and they kind of like erase all the subgroups and they get the villains and the sidekicks out. And then while everyone else is kind of perceived as like, you know, um, a sidekick or something off to the side, they're not perceived as like the main character, the main focus. And I think that really shows like the detriment that girls and, you know, minority groups are facing when they see media. Yeah, and even Hollywood has like this history of doing this thing called the token 
like person of color where they have one singular person of co color in the cast and they use that one character to justify them having a, a completely white cast except that character and oftentimes that character is so 2d and don't have any character plot or development mm -hmm. but they just have them there just so they can say oh we had a person of color in our cast we're diverse no exactly. that, yeah. yeah and the media does carry out into the real world a lot of people say that this doesn't matter because only television, but this does carry into the way that people are treated in the real world. Mm -hmm. Like if we look at how many people watch TV every year, I'm sure the numbers are like astronomical. And if we also compare that to like um, the amount of people who are, you know, basing their actions off it, I'm sure that's very high too, because a lot of us consume media pretty much every mode of our, moment of our life. This is media, like um, listening to some song is media, watching something is media. It's all like some form of other people creating content for you to listen to. And with that comes biases and stereotypes. Yeah, and sometimes it's deadly too. For example, recently we saw the Atlanta shootings and in case you're unfamiliar with what that was, this white man shot about six Asian women cause the media fetishized them so much. They're just seen as objects. And this man thought that, oh, they're the, the root of my problems. And they never he never can think, oh, I might be the root of my own problems. And it's seen as only objects just for his pleasure, which is insane to see how the media affected his perception of people that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's just terrible to see those kind of things happen. Um, and uh, as we kind of move on to the subject, I would like to pose the question, what is the media's effect on minority groups? I mean, it, it really depends on the minor minority group which is like, you can't just say, oh, it affects all people of color because it affects people of color so differently. For example, there's even a difference between the way East Asians and South Asians are represented. Like South Asians are seen as like geeky, nerdy, unathletic, while East Asians are like fetishized. Well, often, often we also see like uh, in the hit TV show Bunked, I know there was a lot of controversy about how um, one of the characters, I believe like, I forgot her name, but she's one of the characters in the camp and she's, she plays the violin. She's like very smart. She has a very strict mother. And this fit into like an antiquated stereotype of East Asians. So like we can kind of see they intersect and they're never really positive. Yeah, exactly. I think her name was like Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany. Like her character was just a complete stereotype, which Disney has such a history of doing, especially with the other characters in Bunked. Like they made, there was this one character, Jorge. I believe he was Mexican. And they made him really like dirty and and unwashed and unkept. And these stereotypes do carry on to the way people are treated in real life, which is why it's so important that we ensure that the way we like, frame children's media is in a positive light to ensure that no children feel left out or bullied. Not even just in like a positive light, just in like a light that doesn't fit into every stereotype. It doesn't really detract from a certain race. Like we can't, it, if we look at trends, if a certain race is depicted in the same way over and over, that is a stereotype. And it's really important to break those because it's it's not going to show us anything positive in like the upcoming years. Exactly. For example, the show Never Have I Ever, the main character, Davy, she's so incredibly flawed. And to be honest, that, she's a terrible person, but that's another episode. But she's and she's still South Asian. And while, yeah, she's being painted in a negative light. The fact that she isn't fitting into those common South Asian stereotypes mm -hmm. is such like a unique thing for Hollywood to do because they always have these characters painted as super nerdy and geeky. And while, yeah, Davy is really smart and she is shown to study a lot and care about her grades, 
she still also has other facets to her personality, which is so rare. Mm -hmm. I think, and it was like it was a huge thing. Yeah. Never have I ever does a good job making three D, uh, making Davy really three D, and like I think it's really important because you know I'm South Asian myself, and you can kind of see some of like the the things that they did in her house really replicate like those of South Indian culture and religion. Um, I guess Hindu religion, but more than that, I think it's important that they didn't make Davy just like some two D character that only has two attributes, maybe like something very stereotypical. They actually gave her flaws and they kind of changed her. Obviously it's a children's TV show, but overall I think it really is a show that's going to kind of change the media industry. Yeah, and especially like in contrast, it didn't make her like a white character who just happened to be South Asian. Being South Asian was a part of her identity. Like as we saw, her family did speak Tamil. Her parents did have those traditional Indian values that they did try to enforce on Devi. And the fact that we can also see that is great. Like. You feel yourself reflected on TV, which is so rare for South Asians to feel. Being one myself, I've never seen a, a South Asian woman be portrayed like that before. And the first time I watched it, I was really shocked. Exactly. Like it's it's that's a it's a great movement. I think obviously there are some parts of that show that I would definitely say are a little. I, I mean, I'd have some issues with, but overall, I think the show is making positive change. Um, I wanted to talk about one statistic about how. Because since we're kind of moving off East Asians and South Asians, let's move on to um, African-American people. Race, so media actually affects them the most, right, Sandi? Yeah, I would agree because they're seen as the most violent, and especially since they're the only group in America who does face systemic racism on a level that simply no other person can even comprehend. Mm -hmm. It is incredible the amount of, like, bounds they had to make to make create their own media, especially, like, historically. They were not allowed to be in movies because of segregation, because of Jim Crow laws. But in the early 1970s, um, they started making these movies made by African-American people for African-American people, where they would talk about like their own issues and stories, like overcoming racism. I think they were called black exploitation films. Mm -hmm. And like that, like they took the initiative to make their own movies, which I consider really amazing. And how they saw the, how, their, how their people were being represented and they simply did not stand for it. Yeah, I mean, these films are also often created by African men, which really shows that like this kind of movements and these kind of movements to show struggles of African-American people and, you know, minorities in general started early, like in the 1970s. And now, obviously, we, we see so much change in our like entire government and everything and legislation. Um, but to think that the 1970s were just like only, what, uh, 50 years ago? Yeah, and the fact that yeah, they, there's certainly has been improvements in these 50 years. We're still facing so many of the same issues when it comes to media and the way Black people are portrayed in it. For example, in Jessie, which is my favorite example today, Jessie, the one Black girl, she was portrayed as sassy and like, and like in a very character-like way of how Black women are supposed to act, like sassy, independent, bold. And it's so like uncommon to see like, black women be portrayed in any other way and like be i don't know a caregiver or some like kind or sweet uh -huh. and it's so rare like there's no problem with zuri's character it's just that we know that with the creators of jesse it was extremely harmful because they did that on purpose for example um i found one source that states 
Um, it's an editorial done by um, the New York Times, and it states that Zuri was portrayed as a sassy black girl, Robbie was the Indian nerd stereotype with the typical Indian accent, and Tiffany was the smart Asian who wants to go to Harvard. These are just a couple stereotypes in the show, but obviously the list goes on, as we've mentioned. I think that it's kind of, it's really harmful that a show this popular had these kind of stereotypes. And um, I wanted to cite one more statistic. So I saw that day 2009, so that's the person who wrote the sixth edition of A New History of Social Warfare, defined racism by saying that racism is a prejudice with power against people of color. So he included other groups there, but he went on to say that American values make us assume that race determines human trade capacities and that white people are inherently superior to people of color. So I think we should kind of break this down. Um, Sambi, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, this has been like through history. We've seen this be portrayed, for example, like, let's see, I, especially when you're looking at media, how white people are always the main character while like black people are just, like tossed to the side and how we attribute certain characteristics to certain races just like subconsciously because of the way they've been portrayed for our entire lives. It's impossible to say that not a sing- if you live in America, you don't have a single bias. So that's simply not true. We've all been like, taking into the same media and the same sort of stereotypes in our heads. And we all have an implicit bias because of that. And it's so important that we do understand this, become conscious of it so we can start to break it down because it's the American values have been like drilled into our heads since we were children from media that make us see all these different groups of people as lesser or simply just attribute them to certain characteristics. Mm-hmm, right. And kind of just transitioning over to women specifically off stereotypes, I wanted to discuss the male gaze a little bit. I think that's something that in media is often portrayed. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, ever since like the birth of Hollywood, we can see all these old glam stars like Hedy Lamarr. They've always been portrayed as like sexual objects or as like their whole purpose in movies is just to look pretty and like sort of be there with the the, attractive male lead. Mm -hmm. And they truly don't have a character or a purpose, which is so detrimental for women to see their own like their own group, just their own gender really be portrayed as like a dumb to be only shown for their body and that value does carry out into life it does carry out into the way men perceive women because as we have seen so many men just see women as objects and they just see them as like objects for their disposal and use which is so which is only heightened because of media right like i think hetty lamar was also um like she was also kind of the partial creator of the wi-fi right yeah, and she was an incredibly smart woman, but her director told her that she simply cannot play any role that requires any character because she's just supposed to be seen as like a dumb bombshell beauty. That's what they—that's exactly what he called her, like a bombshell beauty, mm-hmm. which is just insane to think that this woman who was able to patent her own ideas and went on to create her own films and directed some other films was only seen at, for her beauty just because she was born with these traits. Mm-hmm. And like in media now, obviously things have changed a little bit, but we can kind of still see like the manic pixie dream girl syndrome and all of that is still portrayed in media. Yeah, thankfully they're a lot more subtle with it now, but it still is there, this whole idea that women are just there for the male leads. It's still there. And we've seen a lot of these like coming of age movies that center around men. There's always this one really popular girl who's super pretty, 
whose whole role in the movie just being objectified by this male character Mm -hmm. which is insane that it still exists in 2021 despite having made all these changes to our legislation to ensure women are equal to men but in reality they still aren't perceived that way especially for women of color too yeah no definitely and i wanted to add one quote into this so according to an editorial by mulvey um visual media that respond to masculine voyeurism tend to sexualize women for a male viewer as mulvey wrote women are characterized by their look to be lookedness so essentially what you were saying like they become bombshell beauties i guess and women are spectacles and man's men are just the people who look at them i think this is really interesting because women are i mean now we kind of see more 3d women character emerging in hollywood but back then and maybe 50 years ago women weren't really seen as people who could play like a full 3d character they were only seen as like sidekicks in the main plot of the man's movie right yeah and especially for women of color again like as we have already mentioned the way asian women were perceived it's just another type of the male gaze that's specifically centered around asian women and it's insane to see how these values still exist and the way they always like still affect people today right like i think this is a good point to end off with so um, overall in this episode, do, let's just go over everything we discussed. So we talked about how media affects the general public, then what else did we talk about? How media affects like specific groups of people, for example, women, um, Asian people, specifically Asian women, and we've given examples of how it affects them, especially the way African-American men are shown and perceived. Mm-hmm. And we can see that there have been ways to combat this as seen in the early 1970s when African-Americans starred in black exploitation films and when women combat these gender norms as seen every day in Hollywood. So I wanna thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Let's Break It Down. We discussed some really interesting views on these various issues relating to media. Come back next week for another episode. Listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor.